Generations to Hunt podcast, where the goal is to learn together and further the culture of hunting. Welcome back to the Generations to Hunt podcast. Uh, this is Matt, your co-host with Joe. How's it going today, Joe? Doing awesome. How about you? Oh, we're doing all right. Today we have two very special guests from a group called Public Land Prowlers, um, Zach Rostar and Brandon Trownley. Towery. Towery. Right. My yes. bad, my bad. We're It'll not off to good. a good start. It'll get better. You'll figure uh, it out. Yeah, we got nothing but time. So, so we'll do Brandon, introduce yourself a little bit so you know his voice. Yeah, I'm Brandon. I... Uh, new hunter with the public land prowlers this is our first year with the prowlers and me and zach have been hunting together for a few years now four years four years now and it's a it's been an experience i'm just, we've been i've been hunting pro- public for five or six years i mean i just enjoy the chase really yeah i am into that uh, I'm, I'm zach rostar also, my first year with the uh, Public Land Prowlers, and uh, like Brandon said, you know we've been hunting together for a couple of years, and uh, he's been hunting state land longer than I have. Really, we uh, have a lot of fun out in the tree stand. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Two heavy guys up in these little trees. <laughs> <laughs> you know, on state land, you can't always find the absolute perfect tree in a pinch. So. The first time I broke him into a into a public land hunt, I put us in a tree that was probably <laughs> about the size of a Coke can. <laughs> a little poplar, man. Yeah, it was poplar. And it was weak, so like yeah. he was climbing up and I was on the ground. And you know, I had just gotten a lone wolf with climbing sticks. No, no. No, you had a climber. Yeah, I had a climb, dude. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we go out and uh, he climbs up this tree and he go he like grabs a branch to pull down on it to kind of like lift himself up a little bit and it just blows off this tree and i was like dude this isn't gonna work and he's like yes it is or whatever and uh these trees are strong man you got you only got so many options in public land yeah. yeah so we fist fight our way into this tree and he's on his stand also i'm on his stand and i'm strapping my summit onto this tree above me above him mm-hmm. right and then i had to like climb up into it and oh my gosh it was, <laughs> that, that was that was me breaking them in yeah that was my literal first michigan state land experience <laughs> <laughs> uh, well that's a good start i guess did yeah. you were you guys successful that night or no no it was actually a morning okay. right yeah, and the a- sun was probably Oh, it was by up, the time we yeah. got in the tree. <laughs> we didn't see a single deer. Yeah, it took us a minute. We didn't see a single deer that no. morning, right? And then we got down and stuff. I think we left that hunt, and I went and bought a lone wolf yep. sticks, right? Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's probably good. With climbers are only so useful. Yeah. Um, so as far as public land prowlers goes this year, what uh, what are you guys' kind of plans? And uh, uh, I guess where are you guys hunting at this year? obviously public land but are you guys staying in state are you going to be out of state or what well i think we're going to bump around a little bit uh so there's quite a few of us in this group right there's what five five of us yeah five five shooters and i mean we hunt together so we're technically one one group yeah but there's us daryl spencer shannon and we call him old man by his request yes right and then there's (laughs) dana yeah so um i 
definitely will hunt a lot in Michigan this year. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I might tag on and go down to do some Indiana, potentially Ohio. First week in November, we're going to go to Indiana. We're going to hunt Gratiot County and a little further west, and we're going to head maybe out to the Thumb this year. I'm, I'm yeah in the works right now trying to figure out some situations where I can get out that way. I haven't even talked to him about it yet. <laughs> We're going to make our way out there. All right. He's yes. getting filled in right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what better way, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, other than that, I think was Daryl's usually like the traveler of the group, if I feel like. He's yeah, like he the goes guy that goes, like I think last year he went out to Ohio, uh, Iowa, right? Yep, and then he went out to like Wyoming or something, shot an antelope. Yeah. He's the traveler. We're We're getting there. Yeah, I mean, like this year, myself, it's been kind of rough, you know, with this. Uh, I purchased an, a property, you know, with an old barn and stuff and planned on getting married in it this year. So I put a ton of time and money into this place, right? So uh, then I got married, you know. So um, we'll see. We'll see if uh, if I can pull play my cards right and make those travels happen. And then also, you know, getting married, there's a honeymoon. So you blow up a lot of your vacation time doing those types of things, you know. So we'll see. We'll see if I can. Yeah, know. we. Uh, what he's saying is I'm the one putting in all the work right now <laughs> trying to find the deer. He's, he's over here having fun. Yeah. Dude, it's stressful. Look at the size of my forehead. Yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, so you probably won't. I mean, you probably won't get to go down to Indiana. So you'll probably stay pretty local to Michigan, pretty much. Yeah, I feel like for the most part, I hunt a lot of Michigan. But like I said, I mean, it's in my heart to travel and chase these deer with these guys. You know, especially Brandon. You know, I look at Brandon like a brother. So I don't want him to have to, you know, face stuff. Not to get like weird and sentimental or anything, you know. But like, honestly. I truly enjoy hunting with Brandon and traveling and, you know, facing the struggle and, you know, hanging and banging and, you know, that type of stuff with Brandon. Cause it's, it's so nice having somebody like that because you can bounce ideas on the fly off of each other. Right. So like, I don't know what you guys do if you travel or hunt or anything like that, but it's like, you know, when you go down there and you don't have that, it's a lot harder. I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm just saying it's a lot harder to do. Yeah, when you're learning something new, um, especially when you go out of state and it, it can be so much different to not have somebody to just kind of bounce ideas off of can make life a little... I mean, you went bear hunting out of state. Yeah. You, you, Joe's never gone whitetail hunting out of state, but he kind of went on a whim with a bear hunting with random strangers. Yeah, that's what it took me to go like across the country because I always wanted to go out west and I always ask people and they always kind of always said oh next year well yeah i'm not getting no younger so i just took the leap with good for you man and just went out west but i definitely relate with you like having somebody out there because how many times have you like scouted even locally scouted something and you're like okay this is where i'm gonna go this is where i'm going and then you get there and you're like okay this uh, is yeah. this is shot i can't yeah. do anything here so right. i mean there's endless examples of me and brandon working together to figure stuff out you know like looking at a plot of land or even just like virtual scouting and being like oh i see this and he's like oh well two sets of eyes are better than one. Oh yeah <laughs> so yeah. let's fact. let's dive in to your kill last year that nine point so for instance we virtual scouted on onyx right and um this is in gratiot county yep so 
Michigan, Gratiot County, Michigan. So we virtual scouted and we're looking all over the place, blah, blah, blah. And it was literally like the last week of September, right? Yep. So here in Michigan, both season starts October 1st. So last week of September, we're kind of like scrambling because we don't have a really solid game plan, right? And so the pressure's on. So we go and we set out these trail cameras in this area. And Brandon's experiences with hunting are a lot different than mine as far as like growing up in hunting or you're, you know, you're, I don't even know how to explain it, but like I grew up hunting private land, wooded areas. Brandon did not. Brandon, you know, came into hunting a little bit later in life and then was like hunting, bedding and stuff like that, which is what you need to be doing, in my opinion, to be on state land. Yeah. So anyways, we go and we set these trail cameras out on this bedding area that's probably 300 by, I don't know, 600 or so. Yeah. So we go and we set these cameras out and uh, we go out and we check it like two days later or whatever. And uh, we're on our way back from pulling these cameras, and he just starts screaming. Top of his lungs. Do you remember that? In the truck. <laughs> yeah, home. dude. You were hollering. It was the night before the opener. Right. So he's blown up, super excited. And uh, we notice, or he sees this giant buck, right? It's like 140, 150-inch buck, you know, from what you can tell on the camera. So uh, the next day, or no, no, that night, we were looking online on Onyx, and we were like, how can we get in to kill this buck? We know where we're hunting now. Yeah. No doubt about it, we're hunting this deer. But how can we get to this deer? Like, this deer is bedding in kind of a tough spot to get to, right? Until we started dissecting it, and then we're like, okay, well, if we park here, and then we walk around, we got the wind in our face, and then when we're setting cameras, I guess I kind of forgot to say that. You picked out the tree that we're going to hunt. I did. I, I did. An ideal tree. Like, we set we set like four or five cameras in one bedding area trying to figure out where the deer were coming in and leaving. And fortunately enough, we figured out where the deer were leaving. And while we were in there, I found a tree that we could get up in. And it gave us a chance to hunt like a good third of the bedding area where we suspected that the, the buck was going to be in. Right. So minimally, we were at least going to be able to look over this bedding area because it wasn't overgrown real bad. You know, it's probably four or five feet tall for the most part. Right. Yeah. So we can see a vast majority of it. But there is like saplings or slashings, whatever you want to call them, where you couldn't see into. I call them screens. Like the deer uses them as like a screen to right. go behind. Yeah, because yeah, it's like a CRP because I, I watched the video, it's like a CRP uh, field, but like little trees just kind of randomly popping up in little kind of clusters uh, all through it, right? Yeah. yeah. Just random little slashings, little pine trees or, you know, whatever. Um, I don't know if I'd call it CRP. I don't know what the definition of CRP. I think CRP, like that brown stuff that you see like pheasants. I just think CRP is like tall grass. So I, I'll yeah. be honest, I don't know the actual definition <laughs> right. of what CRP stands for, but anytime I've ever seen someone like, oh yeah, it's a CRP feels like tall grassy stuff. Right. So, yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's a widely used term. 100%. <laughs> yeah. but, but anyway, I mean, that's the, that's the little silly stuff. So anyways, carry on Brandon. Yeah. So we, we were in there, we pulled all the cameras that night. We decided not to just leave them out. We pulled them all in. I picked out a tree that I wanted us to go in. We found a parking lot that we could get into and not be out on the road, you know, so we could hide the truck. And we started driving away, yeah. looked at the cameras. I seen the buck, lose my shit. 
Yeah, as soon as we got on 57. Yeah. Like, this, losing it. So we like scream, woo, like losing it. So we had to work because that week, that week was Thursday. God, Opener was on yeah. a Thursday. I feel like it was a Wednesday when we went out there or something like that. We had to work. We had to work the morning. We showed up that night and flipped a coin. That's our way of deciding who's hunting that night, who's pulling the trigger. Right. So there's zero arguing there's zero you know it's just a completely humble thing so it's like we're just gonna leave it to the odds yeah because we were talking about it and you're like oh well, who's gonna hunt and i was like yeah that's a hard decision <laughs> to make like who's gonna be the one i mean we have a good chance at 140 150 inch buck yeah. who's gonna be the one that gets to shoot it right right yeah. so brandon being the lucky guy that he is you know flipped a coin and it landed on his side and i was just like okay you're my buddy yeah you know, you're my, you know, i'm gonna i'm gonna do this we're gonna go kill this deer this the whole situation started the year before really when we hunted the whole year and struggled and just really a lot of trial and error for us so the the next year we decided that we were going to take a more aggressive approach and be in the ball game that's like our whole plan like you got to be in the game you can't leave yourself sitting on the outskirts looking at these big bucks out in this field and not be able to, to kill them so Right, which happened to us. A lot the year before. I mean, it was painful. Yeah, and that's, like, the hardest thing was, like, like what, how I got, like, kind of into it. It was always hunting edges. Like, yeah. you, that, that's the only thing you did was hunt edges. You would never intrude into the, right. their zones. And then, right. and like you guys said, that was, like, one a rough year. But, like, sometimes it takes them rough years to really go okay, we're going to dissect this real good. And that's what it sounds like you guys did. Yeah. We, yeah. So, I mean, Brandon, nor I will ever claim to be the smartest guys. <laughs> oh. You know, so <laughs> it's like. We learn we, as we go. Yeah. Some stuff we learn really fast. And other stuff, it takes a little bit of beating up to learn, you know. Yeah. But so, anyways. So we, we figured out that night how we were going to get in. That's his job. This is always his job. He finds the enter and the exit that's his thing my thing is i we're i'm picking the tree that we're going to hunt in we always decide on the area together but i'm picking the tree he's figuring out how to get us in and get us out quietly and not spook anything out right so he figured out how to get us in there i got up in the tree cleared us out a little spot sitting back to back and just fortunately enough that nine point stood up and a nice eight point and we watched him for felt like hours yeah. i was sitting there just it's probably a solid 45 to an hour yeah i was sitting there just just thinking and thinking and thinking you know in your head you're just going over scenarios and this buck wasn't coming any closer and he's actually walking away from us so the eight point started heading out towards the road towards right? the exit trail no it was the road he's going towards the road he's going west and then the nine point followed him yeah right and then, and then a little six point. Yeah, like a four point or a six point something. Or Came something to save stood, the day. Stood up, and then that nine point turned around, and you would thought he was like a doe in heat or something. He was like on a beeline to the that smaller buck, and then the smaller buck was like he must have been intimidated because he turned around and started walking out towards us, right? So then uh, Brandon gets the bow up and stuff, and uh, he's like, "Give me the range." And so I was like, 80, 60. And then he come around. He come around this bush, and then I said fifty-seven. And then that buck took like two steps, and Brandon just sent that arrow. 
Well, I had my compound with me, but I, we just couldn't get them to come in. You know, early season, you can't make any noise. So I waited as long as I could, and we had a crossbow with us for, for the does. That was our thing. Like, does, we just shot them with the crossbow. And it, it got at 57 yards, and I was like, I'm not confident taking this shot with my compound. You know, 60-yard shot. I don't even have – I got a 40-yard pin. I can shoot 50, but – at right. 60, am I really going to risk it with a 140-inch buck right. and walk out of my life? You got a lot of arc at that when you're at that far. I mean, you can, you might be hitting branches yeah. and all that. This, so. is, this is our re, like first real chance at success out on state land. You know? yep. like, so I took the crossbow. I was like, I looked at him. I was like, give me the crossbow. I was like, I'm not letting this deer walk away. And this is our first time ever filming also, our first sit filming because we decided that we were going to film that year and it was our first sit filming and i was just fortunate enough to seal the deal as soon as he said yeah. 57 i was like okay and, it, and then you let out that little screech <laughs> i was nervous you know <laughs> i was like bah, bah. buck was like when i step on something yeah he's, he's looking around like what was that which was perfect and then i smoked know? him shot smoked him right me. through the heart and then that is when i lost control I was like, <laughs> I was. I'm not sure. gonna say what I said, you know, but it, dude, yeah, I it was, lost. It was not G-rated for no, sure. No, it was no. a lot of explicit. It was content. a lot of emotion. Yeah. Like yeah. you could definitely tell that it was something like just a lot of almost relief, just gone right yeah. at that moment. 100. percent Yeah. So then he, I'm sitting there and I'm filming this right, and I watched the arrow go through this or the bolt, whatever. Watched it go through this deer, and then. I like zoomed out and I pointed it at Brandon and you could just see like this. I mean, his face was so white and his <laughs> eyes were so big and he was like, bro. And I was Did like, I get him? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you know, and I'm like jumping. But then it's like, oh, let's get our stuff back together because there's, there's all, another, there's there's eight, another points eight point yeah. still yeah. in the scenario. So it's like the, 110, 120 inch eight. It's not, it's, yeah, it it's not just some small deer. No, he yeah. was definitely big at 110, dude. Like he was 130. I never seen Zach cock a crossbow so fast. <laughs> he, he literally in the tree stand, put his feet on it. Both hands was like, snap. I was like, whoa. <laughs> dude, I was, was jacked up, man. I mean, I was, yeah. So then what, did we switch seats? Mm -mm, not that no, time. No. Okay. So anyway, yeah. So we're watching, then we just kind of sat till dark. The eight point worked his way out of our life, unfortunately. But, you know, we got down and then uh, tracked this deer. And uh, we both got nervous because what he ran into, it was like the stem count there. It was next to impossible to walk through, right? Yeah. I mean, it was thick. And this deer just barreled through it and we we're going and going and like we're arguing with each other and yelling at each other but because <laughs> our nerves are so high and we're so pumped up and then like the simplest things were frustrating us and upsetting us so then we just kept pushing and pushing and pushing and the blood was high and that's what made me nervous you know the blood was high on the on, the, on these stem count on these little saplings you know small trees slashings yeah whatever yeah so i was like oh my god you know this is just we Usually. watched the film 10 times to make sure it was a clean, <laughs> clean hit. Oh, yeah. I, can't, I would have probably just the whole rest of the night just checking it. Checking it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that was his first reaction was like, bro, did I get him? And then I said, yeah. And then like he, I had to stop recording because he was like, check the film, check the film, check the film. And I was like, okay, good idea. That's a great idea. Let's slow down and breathe. But then it's like reality 
you know, in those situations, in that situation for us particularly, it was like you're trying to experience, trying to uh, put forth like self-control, but it's like, oh my God, this has just been so long coming, you know? So anyways, we keep, we track down this deer and we walk up on him. I, sh- I hit him with my headlight and I was like, bro, look right there. And it was just a that moment, yeah. yeah. That, that moment right there, when you, especially with the light or the, you know, you you're walking up on on that that first big buck or that, you know, something you work so hard for. That yeah. moment right there, like it's it's done. Like you've accomplished that, man. That's that's a feeling. I don't even know how to describe that feeling right there. No, the but I wish the work. Yeah, I wish everybody would can experience that in their life like it is such a phenomenal like it sucks building up to it but once you get there it's like oh my gosh yeah definitely like the like i don't even know how many steps there are there's like like the excitement then there's like self-doubt then there's yeah. like oh no the worst case scenario and then the actual reward comes to it that's like the best thing just like right the relief. yeah that's the it, worst part is like you can't you can't complete it without all those steps, right? right. Yeah, so I know. Like, no matter what you do, that's self Unless you, like, visually it. see it go down. Oh, that's, 100%, yeah. 100%. I'll be honest. That's kind of the way I'd want it to go. Like, because the story never ends after the arrow, bolt, bullet goes into the deer. Like, you still have to go get the deer, right? right. Yep. So that little bit of extra stress that you guys dealt with, probably... <laughs> It, I don't know if it made this story like you guys' relief or excitement any better, but it definitely made your day a whole lot longer. Oh, yeah. 100%, man. 100%. So we walk up on this deer, and this this cat, he grabs onto those horns and just, like, turns around with, like, this absolute disbelief look on his face. Like, did I really just do this? And I'm like, that's you, brother. I think it was more like we, because this is a – we're a team. Right. You know, whenever one of us shoots a deer, it's – it's rewarding, you know. 100%. Like he said, we're like brothers, really. I mean, we fight in the tree, we <laughs> laugh in the tree. Like there's, there's never a dull moment up there. Yeah, we always say that, like you know, like the deer is just a bonus, but the camaraderie with you know friends and family 100%. is what we do it for. I mean, there's nothing stronger than I think our community and just being in the the woods outdoors with your fellow brothers and right. Well, we've we've known each other since we were in high school. We went to high school together. You know, we were always buddies. And for a couple of years, you know, where he's building his life and I was building mine, we didn't really hang out as much. And right. thankfully, hunting brought us back together. Somehow, miraculously. Yeah. Uh, like, I got, a, like, a phone call from him randomly. And I was like, hey, dude, you want to go hunting? And I was like, yeah, let's go. You know, so my family has 40 acres in Millington. And, like, that's where we first started hunting together, you know? And, like, we yeah. went out there, and we were sitting in his dad's, like... The tiniest little pop-up line. It was man. weird, though. It was, like, a... Um, it was shaped like an egg. Is the best way I can explain it. And it had, like, these 12-inch round windows in every panel, and there's probably 14 panels yeah, or something. Like, it was just the <laughs> oddest blind I've ever hunted out Yeah. <laughs> but it was what we had, you know? So we went out and just kicked some leaves around and cleared a spot, sat mm-hmm. down, and... That's we were that's cooking. where it all started. Yeah, really. bro. Do you remember when we were cooking jerky Over on the, the heater? The heater. <laughs> <laughs> you, guys, you guys laugh, but that is like mind 
and Brandon's way of calling in the deer. Because every time we would do that, it was like the the woods came alive. There is deer everywhere. And it's like we're in disbelief, like laughing and jo- joking, eating these jerky. Hysterically <laughs> laughing. Because I'm, I'm sitting here roasting a... We had that we had that four-point bed down like four yeah. hours from us. Yeah. We're, I'm roasting a piece of a jerky over the heater, heating it up. And he's looking at me laughing as there's a, a box standing right in front of us. And I was like, this is unbelievable, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. I mean, this yeah, is that's, priceless. It's funny that your guys' story is kind of like that. I would say Joe's and I is eerily similar. So yeah. I wouldn't say we were friends in high school. We were pretty neutral, right? Like, we didn't dislike each other. We just, you know, he was a grade behind me. And, like, what, two years ago, uh, about a year ago, we actually literally just started playing, like, Call of Duty together, right? During quarantine when it first kind of everything got shut down. And then from there... uh we just started talking hunting, and then we haven't deer hunted yet together, but, I mean, we got the podcast going. We got plans to go. We small game, though. We did small game, yeah. I, I, I did shoot one. It didn't go well. We, yeah, we, we had fun, but we We didn't. had a lot of fun. He was an all-big-time hunter, and he kicked up the first rabbit, and he, he took the first shot and missed. I was like, this is going to be way better. I'm so glad he got the first miss out there because I, I was really oh, nervous man. being the first guy yeah. to miss it. Right. So, so but, yeah, that's, that's pressure. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome that you guys' story. Uh, Isn't it crazy how, like, like something so, like, like, hunting can bring somebody back together? and, and like, Dude, that's seriously part of that's probably one of the biggest things about my love for hunting right right like, there's conservation and then there's learning and then there's you know like the respect and all that stuff you know but like the, just the camaraderie and the growing relationships and you know and just the time it takes to go do these things and like brandon and i spend hours and hours in the tree stand you know and it's like you really really get to know the good, the bad, and the ugly about somebody, you know, and, <laughs> you know, and then, and also you help each other grow as men oh, for sure. or women, you know, mm. brotherly, sisterly love, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just sweet, yeah. man. There's nothing better being with your hunting buddy, sharing the same tent and like a thunderstorm and you're like, yeah. man. And you guys are laughing because it sucks. It's yeah. Really yeah. yeah. <laughs> Embracing the suck. Dude. Yeah. yeah. You're just two fools out there yeah. giggling about the most ridiculous stuff oh yeah we've had a lot of good times just good laughs you know just random things that you just that you see in the woods and you'd never expect to see or like we've seen a bobcat we yeah we had a little buck stand right underneath of us and we're laughing up in the tree because it's literally licking our tree because we put some vs1 vs1 on on the tree like it's just you know just little things that make it just that much more special you get to spend it with somebody because you know, not a lot of people get to experience that to hunt with right. a partner all the time in the same tree. A lot of people can't do the sitting in the same tree, letting yeah. somebody else shoot a beautiful buck. You know, if and he shoots that buck, I'm more ecstatic. happy about him right. shooting it than I would be, you know? Yeah. Like, and, you know, that's where like the humbleness comes from. Like, I feel like doing this with him, I've grown a lot. And like the, realm of humble and then you know learning to get joy out of somebody else's success even though it doesn't benefit you in any way other than that you know like that is just that's it's cool you know and it just makes you a better person in everyday life 
you know. Yeah, to just walk around with that kind of positive outlook on life. Yeah, positiveness and, I mean, and patience. It was you know. it was like that when we went down to Ohio, right? Because that's yeah. where I met Zach was in Ohio. Um, in the second year, I mean, I shot a nice 120 inch buck and right. you just swore Zach shot. I mean, he was so excited just yeah, for the fact dude. that I was, I was able to shoot one and another guy in our group was able to shoot one. He didn't shoot anything. I right, think you man. let a couple bucks go, but you didn't, you didn't shoot anything. And you yeah, were just, and you know, just to make this story a little bit deeper or better or whatever, Matt shot this deer like 40 miles back in the woods you know so and we got lost how many times did we get oh, lost on the way back to that deer dude like so i'll share the tail end of my ohio deer hunt so i shoot the deer sit in the tree stand for like four hours because i hit it kind of far back so you're a little nervous right yeah i got yeah i was it was the biggest deer i had you ever shot at right, so i'm saying you're nervous about the shot placement so you're like yeah yeah so cue cue the the motions yeah oh yeah the self-doubt the self-doubt yeah, just yeah. so oh. i think i sat up in the tree stand and it was the only area in ohio that had cell phone service so i was actually <laughs> able to the whole text <laughs> yeah um I, I was actually able to call some people to like calm down and then uh, I was texting another guy. He didn't, he wasn't down there with us that year, but he had went down with us before. And so I sat in this tree for like four hours. I shot the deer at one thirty in the afternoon. Mm. I, after four hours or whatever, I get down, track it to this trail and then go get my father-in-law. We track it. We find it. Life is good. So we go meet back up with everyone and another guy in camp shoots a 140 inch eight point that he already had on the only deer cart we brought down so we had to go get that deer out which was an adventure yeah because it was like no. down in like this beaver <laughs> yeah there was so we're <laughs> going and i don't know how many people listening have hunted ohio but i feel like there is an immense amount of green briar southwest ohio yeah whatever like, it green briar so large hills and then you had beaver chew-offs that were like like the perfect height to ruin your day yeah well you can't see them because it's in the <laughs> yellow grass but yeah you, like you're just tripping and stumbling so mm -hmm. anyways we go and we find this deer and i remember do you remember going down that hill yeah with like and six i remember months. like the thought going through my mind just let go of the cart <laughs> because i don't know why i was being so caught well, it was a nice buck so i don't want yeah. to hurt the horns you know it's another guy's deer or whatever but i remember going down the hill and like yeah i'm going face first down into these green briars and i'm like let go of the cart i don't know why i didn't i thank god i didn't or it was a steep it's, like, it's not like this like this isn't a, a gradual hill this was these were i don't even know how mike got up the hill to hunt yeah let alone that we were able to get the deer down right so we spent about an hour and it was dark when we walked out mm -hmm. so it was about an hour hour and a half getting the first deer out so before me, me and Dave had to pick the cart up and multiple times, carry this yeah. deer out, and it's a monster deer. <laughs> like he's, I don't know, what would you say that deer weighed? Oh, all of 160, 160. I mean, I have a picture of my deer next, next to it, and it, it literally looks like my my deer is a baby. Out, it's out. disgusting how big yeah. this deer was. Right. So yeah. um, let me be quiet so you can tell you. <laughs> so <laughs> we get we get that deer done. But I remember before we left my deer, because we drug it up on this little logging trail, but the in between the two logging trails that we walked back in on, there was a small section of woods that we had to cross over. Mm -hmm. Well, somebody had put them little reflector lights yep. on 
And I was like, oh, cool. Like, I'll just use that to find it when we get back. Mm-hmm. So we go. First mistake was we're taking a logging trail back. We walk past where we need to cut. It yeah, splits. Yeah. And we walked past the split. Because, yeah. like, I was in the back, and I had this is the first time I'd been in there. Had no idea. Yep. So we get turned back around, get back on the right path, and then we get up to where those little spikes were on the tree. There wasn't just one. I mean, you took a light and it, it was just like a forest of them, <laughs> just everywhere. And I went, Fireflies, oh, man. oh man, like there goes my whole plan. So we're literally looking for a dead, gutted deer on a trail at dark. And there was only like a couple, we only had like two flashlights. So most of the people were like just aimlessly walking around in the dark. (laughs) So this is only my, like, this is the second year I've gone down to Ohio with uh, like Zach and Mike. Um, So this is really my first, like, like, I don't have many encounters with them. And this is not so far going great, great at all for me. And so then... We, we spent, yeah, 45 minutes looking for this deer. I don't even remember who found it. I think it was Dave, honestly. Yeah. I, I can't remember who found it, but somebody finally found it. Yeah. And what a relief that was. Yeah, I thought we're I was all gonna... doing backflips out, out in the woods, like, <laughs> woo, you know, like celebrating. <laughs> like, uh, and then, we, you know, I walk up on it. I'm like, oh my God, that's a nice buck. You know? Yeah. Like, heck so, yeah, dude. Well, the, the best part was so we, we get it out. Mike had to go to the gas station. Remember that? And he was out of gas. Oh, yeah. And we he were, was following my directions off of my phone. Yeah, we were fretting whether <laughs> we were going to make it. And like, yeah. that is not an area to, to run out of gas and, because it's like, right. oh, it sucks walking in the woods, you know, and it also sucks walking on the roads because the roads are straight up and down. Yeah. Like, you know, and like, I'm the dude that just got everyone lost to a dead deer in the woods <laughs> on a trail. And they're, they're taking my directions. And we've made it. But, man, the whole time I'm like, man, I hope this GPS doesn't fail me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to look real dumb if I can't find a deer and get us to it, not get us to a gas station. Right. And we got the whole peanut gallery in the truck <laughs> just like ripping on them and joking mm-hmm. and stuff you know like it was a lot of fun it was the longest probably 20 minute truck ride i've had because i was like oh please just make it please just make it <laughs> you were making memories though oh yeah and this That's is the, the best st- part about exactly. it exactly and this is the beauty of it all you know you get to sit around a couple of years later i haven't seen matt in quite some time i don't know? think it's i've seen you once in the barber shop at mike's right yeah just kind of in passing but yeah, yeah. I think you had your boy with you yep yeah but other than that yeah i just yeah, it's been a, a minute since I've seen you. So, yeah. but it's cool to be able to to you know, just get together and just be like, hey, and yeah, giggle and laugh and tell stories, you know. But, yeah. So, anyway. on a bit of a, a different gear. Um, so, I'm pretty interested in public land, right? I, I've never really gandered out to it. I kind of have done it a little bit. Um, what are your guys? Is what got you into public land hunting? And then, uh, I think Brandon should lead this question. What What keeps you going back? The unknown. That's really the what keeps us going back. The unknown is like the the, the whole. That's the whole thing, really, because there's you know, in my perspective, hunting private land, you're you're locked into one area, yep. and that's you know, I have a hard time sitting in the same area all the time. My my whole idea was I like to go chase the deer. Like if I see it, I want to be able to go get it. Right. You know, there's no property lines that are going to stop me from chasing this one deer, and that's where I really found my love for public land. It was, it was something that 
I shot my first buck on public land in the, like 2002. It was a nice seven point. It was like 100 inch or 95 inch. It was, you know, for me, it was a good buck. I think so, yeah. It was like. You said 2002. 12. Sorry, 2012. You were like, maybe like what? Eight? <laughs> no, I was like 2002. I was, I was nine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're getting old. So Dang. You're a stud, man. Math involved in this. No, 2012. And after that, I really just, I loved it because it was, there was, it was all unknown. And I had, I had my first setup was similar to the setup I have now. And the, the hang and bang aspect of it is, is really just something that, gets me excited you know never knowing what you're going to run into or what could be out there you know when you hunt private land you have cameras and you know exactly what's in your section what you what you're trying to hunt you know Mm. in public you go out there and you're essentially it's an observation sit every time because you're like i don't know what's out here yeah unless you really scouted and like plethora the area area with you know cameras and stuff and get lucky like we did the the first weekend you know i wouldn't say it was lucky because we put in a lot of work we did a lot of scouting and we just happened to fall into that big buck right before the season started right so what got you into state land hunting um my good friend tj was the one that really taught me everything about state land hunting he had done it since he was a little kid and he showed me the way of of how it works out there really you know with people being around and and how to get around it really to hunt these deer and not worry about the pressure around you and it was you know like like i said it just i fell in love with it right away yeah so i've got my story is how i got involved with hunting state land is brandon he called me you know because we hunted like we had spoke about earlier we hunted that 40 acres of my family my family's 40 acres a few times or whatever and then Obviously, we really mesh well together in that scenario. So he called me and he was like, dude, let's go state land hunt. And I was like, mm, I don't know about that, you know, because there's like this stigmatism. Exactly. About state land. Thank you for saying that because I was looking for a word to describe it. And that's perfect. So, yeah, there's this stigmatism on hunting state land. And it's like, oh, there's competition and all oh, there's, you know, it's littered with people. And stuff like that. And, you know, to an extent, it's real. But it's like, okay, well, that's where you have to push yourself and find areas that aren't. But anyways, getting back with what I was saying, Brandon called me and was like, hey, let's go hunt some state land. And I was like, eh. But anyways, I went and I did it. You know, we started hunting out there and stuff. And, you know, my first experience that we shared with that little baby poplar tree. (laughs) And we were at the tippy top, dude. Like, I could (laughs) touch the top of this tiny little tree. And. Like, the wind started picking up, and I was looking at him, and he looked like a cat up in a tree, you know, called the fire department type of thing, and I was feeling absolutely the same way. So we are like, all right, let's bounce. Let's get out of here. Let's go find somewhere else. Yeah. Let's go so, find a bigger tree. Yeah, so um, that's where um, that's where I kind of started, right, or I did start. Um, and then I guess it was just stubbornness. And then my loyalty to Brandon with making it work, you know, and then I don't know if I'd say like trusting him or anything like that because it wasn't like I was blindly being led. Um, but just like he told, he shared with me his experience when he got to shoot that nice 
that shoot that nice seven point. And I was like, okay, well, it's possible. Like, there's good bucks out here, that type of stuff. And so I, did, I don't know. I just kept kind of chasing it. And then, um, then the experiences and stuff like that grew on me. And then um, learning how to hunt the state land and hunt around hunters and then kind of use their pressure on the deer against the deer, you know, because one thing I feel like people really fail to realize is that, yes, there's pressure there, but it's not like the deer can just click their hoofs and escape. Like they go somewhere. And then that is where, you know, you're, detective skills I guess would come in and your scouting and you know stuff like that and then learning how the deer react to that pressure is how you can capitalize and get those deer dead you know you can get them um, so that aspect of it is really attractive to me and I really enjoy that and um, not to sound cocky or anything because but it's like you're forcing yourself to become a better hunter every experience, right? So, I mean, you have to learn. Yeah. Or you won't be successful. So, I definitely, so like on private land, you're going to learn what these deer do on a regular basis, mm-hmm. right? You can control pressure, you exactly. can control all this exactly. stuff. So, once you learn those things, you know, I mean, I just did it today. I went and finished hanging tree stands. I know about what time of the year bucks are going to start to kind of filter through this specific area um on public land it's it's different every day yeah you know um so uh, i guess going into that what are if you had a new hunter like what were just some basic public land strategies or um advice you could give someone when they first just venture on out to public land right let me let me just kind of feed off what you just said so my perspective of public land is kind of what Brandon was saying. You're handcuffing yourself to a situation, and then you're hoping that that situation pans out for you. And it's a much more laid-back approach. And I feel like to hunt state land, you have to be much more proactive, and you have to be open-minded, and you have to be you have to be like a searching mentality, where you have to desire to go after these deer, right? And you know. It forces you to learn the deer, first of all, like the deer's patterns when they move, you know. How a deer's thing. anatomy really is, you know. Yeah. What what makes them do what they do every day, you know. Right. Why are they doing it? That's a big thing with me. I'm always asking myself, why? Why is the deer going here? Why is it going there? What is drawing this deer here? Right. You know? So these are great things for new hunters to listen to and try their absolute best to adapt to or at least consider like when you're going out like you know don't be afraid to be aggressive exactly that's that's don't limit yourself to sitting edges and because here's corners because that deer isn't going to come out there every day you know or finding a scrape line or a rub line and being like okay i'm gonna sit here every time right and here here's the thing it's like being scared to mess something up is it's one it's it's a reality but it's like you got to you have to be okay with making the mistake but here's the catch is that you have to learn from that mistake yeah. hopefully you recognize that you've made a mistake if you made one or oh, if you, know? you haven't i mean if you ever hunted before you you know you 
I mean, not known, but you've made a mistake. Is this, that's how you, right. like you're saying, yeah. that's how you learn. Yeah. So a huge thing is being able to like, okay, let's say if you went out, right. And then you walk through this marsh and then you went up and you sat in this pin oak or whatever, and you didn't see a single thing, right. But this pin oak is dropping or, you know, there's brows all the way around you. What did you do wrong? Why aren't you seeing deer? Because, like I said, it's not like deer click their heels and they just disappear. You know, the there's deer, deer there. Yeah, the deer are reacting to something that you or somebody else has done, right? Now, there's a chance that somebody else was in there the day before and sent it all up and that stuff. Absolutely. But you can't play the victim, <laughs> you know? Like, you got to be more realistic with yourself. And you have to be, you know, what could I have done to make this hunt go south for me? You know, so like me and Brandon, like we were saying earlier in the podcast, like we made a lot of mistakes. Like we the first year. Yeah. I mean, literally everything that you could do wrong, we did wrong. But that's the thing. It's like we were constantly being like, what the heck are we doing wrong? Having these same conversations in the truck sitting next to each other, like what is going on? Why yeah. can we not seal the deal? So then that drove the hunger for knowledge. You know, those mistakes drove i mean like we kind of did it backwards like i feel like a lot of people are like okay well i'm considering hunting state land so let me put myself in these situations or let me listen to podcasts let me you know get on youtube let me study the maps let me you know we didn't do any of that really honestly like the we, first year. we did everything backwards i would have to say that if there's any the biggest limiting factor i have to public land is people um I think at this point, it's just an excuse to not go out there. Um, I have everything I need to do it. I've but hunted it, public man. land you know. at other, you know, in other states. So it's just a matter of like, at what point do I just pull the trigger, set a goal? This year, my goal is to shoot, you know, 100 inch deer out mm -hmm. on public land and just go do it. Right. So that, and that sounds like what you guys did. You guys finally, well, you just kind of ventured out with some buddies and you went with him, but then it was finally like, all right, like we're doing this for real. Yeah. We need to get out there. Like, right. And you know, also not to discount Brandon's success or anything, you know, but he was kind of like spoon fed the spot and he killed the deer. Right. So then when it was him and I, I don't know what it was like, maybe he felt uncomfortable introducing me to a group of people who helped him get out and go or whatever you know how people are with hunting oh, yeah. oh yeah so, this is my spot you know yeah. right yeah <laughs> my, my deer, deer. Yeah. My like, deer. like it's state land dude so you know but anyways we went out on our own and just beat our heads against the wall so yes matt to go off what you're saying there but people are absolutely a huge factor but like i said earlier you cannot let that be your defeat. Like when you, when I now that I've done it a little bit, and by no means am I claiming to be any expert because you know, I guarantee you, you guys have shot much better deer than I have or whatever. But just as far as my experience in state land goes, when you take that victim mentality, when you're like, oh, there's people hunting everywhere, and you're like, oh, all the deer are dead, or all the deer disappear. Or, you know, that area is super pressured. That's a victim mentality, in my opinion. And you are cutting yourself short of what you are capable of doing. You know? Mm -hmm. Seriously. So how do you handle people? Like, so say you're up in a tree stand, 
dude walks by. Are dude. you leaving or, I mean. Yeah, so uh, uh, we actually have a great example of that. So where, <laughs> but I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I'm laughing because there was like this thing going around that year where you called him Luke, like people that messed up your hunt or whatever. Oh, I called him. Alan, or Steve, or something. I don't know. It was a, it was a, a, a meme, meme on the internet. You know, right? it, whenever we seen them, we would on camera. We'd be like, Steve, Steve, <laughs> like damn Alan, it, damn it, Steve, or damn yeah. It. I feel yeah. like I don't know. I don't know what the name was, but anyways, I, it just made me giggle. So we were hunting over the spot that Brandon killed at nine point, right? And I'm not kidding you, man. It was like 45 minutes before dark, prime time, legal shooting light ending, 45 minutes from the time that this guy walked in. So we're sitting up there, and I hear, ch, 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 and it like it's nonstop. I'm like, oh my gosh, you got to be kidding me. So you guys at this point like can hear the difference between a hunter and a deer. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Hundred well, percent. I mean, like a deer, a deer doesn't ever just go through a stroll through the woods carelessly. Yeah. No, I, I got you. For I mean, sure. on private land, very well may happen. Hundred percent could happen. On private land, it's like four or five steps. On public, on or, public. Yeah, on public land, four or five steps. We're gonna hang out for five seconds. We're gonna check the wind, look around, and then we're gonna go a little bit more. And then we're, you know, and then they just kind of, in my experience, what I've seen, that's what I see. So a big cue is a big cue to listen for is like a stick breaking, or you know, like you like you would on private, but that's like a big indicator from like a human and a deer. Like if you hear a ch and you don't see like here continuous walking like, right afterwards that's a deer you know like that deer right. is like so anyways, creeping around yeah it's a great point so i'm hearing this set steady steady walking and it's getting louder and louder and louder and where he's coming from we cannot see into so it's actually the back of this bowl that we're hunting i call it a bowl it's not like a hole or anything like that it's just a bowl of bedding. It's perfectly flat ground with hardwoods that go in a kind of a half circle or whatever, like a horseshoe, right? Um, yeah, a horseshoe would be a better description. So hearing this come in, and I'm looking at Brandon, and he's looking at me, and we're just like, oh, my God. We're waiting for it. Like, this is prime time. <laughs> this, is, this is absolutely, like, this is the best time of the night. The wind just stopped. We're expecting a light switch to flick, and these deer are going to start moving and browsing through this area and we're going to get a shot and nope here comes this guy so he walks out and he's literally walked underneath of our tree pretty much i mean like within 10 yards of yeah tree. he walked a, a, a deer trail that we were sitting on <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then like this guy blows right through where we suspected and knew the deer were bedding and it's like okay well that's why we haven't seen anything all night because he took that same trail in right blew right through the middle of this bed area <laughs> you know but i mean that's just you have to be patient and you have to just accept it i mean there's no magical word or thing i can say but it's like okay well we know that that guy's hunting there now let's find somewhere else to go and then that i feel is like breaking the chains breaking off the handcuffs and being able to just abort mission and go get a you know fire up another mission okay this spot on onyx or whatever hunting app map app you got and say this area looks good let's go and check that, this out that's where you can you can spin off into taking the next step as a hunter and realizing that 
even though he walks right through that bedding area, yep. them deer are going to push to another section not too far. Go? So if you can jump down and, and reposition, and that night we couldn't because it was too late. He walked out at prime time. but Right, but we know now exactly where we would have went. Right. Right and, there to the north. Right. If it, In that situation, if it would have been earlier in the day, we could have just got down, followed him out, and circled around because when he goes back in there, all them deer, he's going to push right to us. Right. And, and I like kind of like spin off what two of you guys are saying, like, like you can learn all the stuff on, you could YouTube all that. You could read 500 books. You can never put that scenario, you know, and you can't teach somebody that scenario unless you actually experience. Right. And then, and then like you guys saying like how you dive into the beds. Like, I love that. Cause like you guys are so risky. Cause you know what the best thing about public land, you got another 200 acres across the street. Right. Yeah. Or, or, or 15,000. Yeah. You know, I, like I'm know. saying, you got, you got endless spots. So guess what? I mean, when you're on private, you know, you're limited to usually 80 acres or whatever parcels. Yeah. Well, that spot just blew up. What am I going to do tomorrow? Right. And you know what I mean? So that's what, that's what I love about your guys' approach and all that. And you're just like, we're going to go heavy. We're going to go, we're going to go in this bedding zone. We're going to do this and we're going to get risky. And then, right. and yeah. then like you saying, like you can learn all that. And you said you kind of did it backwards. I think you did it the right way. Cause you know, well, it worked out in our favor, but if I were to like, okay, like say a coworker or something, it was like, man, I'm really, you know, I see you with the public land prowlers and I, you know, really inspired me to get out hunting. I'd be like, sweet. That's awesome. I love you for it, but take the time, hop on YouTube, listen to podcasts. Oh yeah. And just try to get a little bit of foreknowledge before you go in because it'll really help you. It'll, it'll save you frustration. Well, the other thing is it's going to help you from possibly, I guess, ruining and just constantly walking on people, right? Like, yeah, you know, you can, I don't know. For me, if I kind of go to a spot and I see a car or two, mm-hmm. I'm probably like, if, I, if it were me personally, I'd probably move to the next one. I'm not sure how you guys f- feel well, about it. It depends on how familiar we are with the area. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Like, if we're really familiar... Like, we go in there. We know where people's sign is. We know what people's sign is. You know, we see stuff or whatever. So, like, there's a spot just north where you shot that deer, right, where I shot my eight point, right? Yeah. That's a pressured area. 100%. But where did we go? We went right where we didn't see pressure. Yep. And that's literally the first spot we set up to hunt, you know. So that's the thing, guys and gals. That's, That's it. Don't let small little things that go wrong ruin you or change your perspective or change your even your motivation or attitude about hunting so we went in and sat on this spot but walking in we walked past empty tree stands we walked we were walking in other people's boot tracks in the sand on the hill and stuff like that you know um we just kept going and kind of slowly just analyzing what we're seeing we ended up jumping the deer that i shot I believe. A hundred percent. Right. I mean, you were in front of me. You've seen it better than I did. Yeah. But, um, so we jumped that deer and then we watched where he ran, <laughs> you know, I mean, right. it's a telltale sign where the deer goes when he's pressured. Right. Right. So you have to like get over the fact that you just jumped a deer, but where was he? And then, okay. So he's there with normal deer pressure, with normal hunting pressure. This is where he is. When somebody walks in on him and jumps him out of his bed, where's he going? Pay attention to that type of stuff. Right. And then uh, would you say in this aspect, like uh, like I've heard from other people that is, you know, you jump that 
the deer and he didn't he felt threatened but then he was like okay i'm safe now is you think he's gonna return to that original bedding zone so i, I truly believe that because these deer because that bedding zone worked i mean that bedding yeah. worked for him he was yeah. safe after you guys are you know what i mean right. so but it was comfortable right yeah. another thing you got to take into account is that we were not the first people to jump in right, right. out of that bed particularly because the trail that we walked we kept going, and there was a tree stand on the point of these, uh, what, what were they, beech, yeah, birch trees? Yeah. There was a tree stand on the point. So it's like there's no other way for that guy to get there other than the trail that we just took. That so, deer is sitting in that spot specifically because he knows that somebody's hunting this section behind him, yep. and he's watching out in front of him. Yeah. So. so when that hunter comes in there, he's going to know because he has to walk over top of this deer, walk over top of him to get to where – Right, I don't know if deer are like that analytic, but I bet you they're really close to something like that because they're, you know, really good at surviving. So they, they know their patterns. <laughs> For sure. And I love how you guys are like, you guys are like not even, you're like, it's not even about the deer sometimes. You're like, it's about the people, the pressure. Right. Well, and yeah. So, I mean, there's natural habit. I mean, habits that deer will never, you know, it will always have its habits, but you're playing the pressure. And the whole that. thing with public land is, it's all pressured. There's no yep. such thing as a deer on public that's not pressured. So you can't let that discourage you from going out there. Right. Because and them you can't deer ever... know that there's pressure. Yeah. So they're always on alert. So Right. And you can't ever, ever, ever think, like unless you're like in the middle of like Montana or like Alaska or some really remote place, you can never walk into a place and be like, oh, yeah, I am the first person here. And there is no pressure here. And these deer will never see me coming. You know, like. It's not like deer just go places where they're free roaming, ranging deer, right. and they have no pressure, you know. Like, and that's the that's I feel like that's a men big mental hurdle, and it was a huge one for me because we would go places and man, I would just be like elated and be like, oh my god, this is such a great spot. We don't see any sign or whatever, and then we go and we hunt it, and then there's people walking through, you know. <laughs> so you know, yeah, because a lot of people are mobile, right? So they don't yeah. have stands that they just set up all the time yep. um <clears throat> and leave there especially on public land so there could be people there that just they don't have a stand up you know right. and the realistic thing is is that you can be sitting five yards from a tree that somebody sat in yesterday and kill a deer that that, that, that the person that hunted the day there before you did not see and that's a realistic thing i think that's 100 percent going to happen or could happen, you know. For instance, hunting in Ohio with Mike. Mike shot that. That was the year where he killed the deer that we drug out. The same year you shot your deer. Okay, yeah, up okay. on the beaver dam. Yeah, so up on that hill there to the north, there's a point. He described to me perfectly where he was, right? So like four or five days later, I went and I sat there. I didn't see a single deer. Yeah, he seen like five bucks before he shot the one he killed. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. It, State land is like an ever-changing, liquid, evolving thing, you know? So um, you just you got to be willing to play things on the fly, and you got to be a gambler, and you can't be – like you can put out all the trail cameras in the world. You can put out cell cams where you don't have to go to disturb the deer. Like those are all perks that will give you like uh, an idea of what's in the area. But you can't go in and be like, this is where this deer is 100% of his life. 
you know, this is where this deer spends all of his time because he might have three or four different little safe havens within, you know, a five or 600 acre, um, yard range or so. And if this is getting heavy pressure, then he knows that he can bump over to here and then he can bump over to here and then he can just keep moving around and stuff. Um, that's where you got to hunt hot sign, right, Brandon? You got to hunt. And, you know, if you hang in a spot and you don't see the big buck that you had on camera or whatever, that doesn't mean he's not there anymore. You know, you just have to be strategic about hunting that area and not like hunt it five days in a row and send it up because, you know, he's. So like this time of year, you're going to run into public. Um, what, what are you, what are you going to look at, I guess, right now? So, I mean, obviously for me, I'm on private land, so. I mean, scrapes, rubs, doesn't really mean a lot because I know in years past, this is what the deer are going to do. Right. So are you guys going in and you're looking for scrapes, looking for rubs? Um, are you just strictly looking for bedding? So that's a great question. So I, you might disagree, Brandon, but I'm going to say my opinion. I feel like this time of year is probably the most valuable time for cameras because there aren't people hunting them right now. So I feel like our tactic for the first week or two of the season are to go off of the data that we've gotten on camera, right? So you can pattern the deer easier in early season right. than obviously than when the rut starts. Like right. And you know, because you have the rut that's going on that's driving the deer and you have a lot of more people hunting the deer to push them around more. So this time of year, I would say is my, where I have the most confidence. That's a better way of saying it. This time of year is where I have the most confidence in the cameras that we have out. So then we say, okay, we've got this area kind of locked down with cameras. And I wouldn't suggest having just one camera in a general area. I would kind of surround an area with the main trails in the area around a bedding where you know where there's food right and gosh i can get so deep with this about food and blah 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 i'll just keep it super simple though um find the bedding step one step two find where they're leaving to where's where's the food where's the water that type of stuff get your cameras on those spots on those travel corridors is you know what many people call it on those heavy beaten trails or whatever I do have a question about the cameras. Like, have you ever dealt with like theft and all that? I know that's a big. You know, like, me and Brandon have been extremely fortunate, and I think we've only ever had one chip taken out of one camera. Two. Two. Okay. Yep. One Brandon has a better memory than I do. Yeah, one, two different times, and most of the time, they're at least nice enough to leave the camera. So, <laughs> which is like the weirdest <laughs> yeah. thing. They, you know? Yeah. Like, they, just they, like, they took the 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 five dollar chip and left the hundred dollar. Yeah, camera. like taking the shoes out of your sh the shoelaces out of your shoes. They <laughs> just they just want the intel. Yeah, the that's whole a, thing. it's all about the intel. Yeah. Have they ever returned it, or did you guys just pull the card? No, no we just no. pulled the camera, and they yeah. were like, okay, well, obviously we know there's a jerk in this area, so we're I would be a little more take stealthy. the batteries. I mean, I'm the most expensive thing. I feel like <laughs> <laughs> aim into that. Yeah. Yeah, but continue. I'm sorry to interrupt. I just want to know because that's like a big that was like one of my uh yeah that's a good question. you know i i don't like have a limiting factor to get you out there yeah okay, so here's here's some tips let's let's just stick on the camera thing for a second um some tips are 
buy cheap cameras. They're not going to be quality pictures or whatever, but they're going to give you a decent idea of what's going on. You just need to know what's in the area. Right. So tip number two, go into the woods and when you're going, when you know you're going to set cameras, go out and set um, your, your cameras 15, 20 foot up in a tree and yeah. angle them down. You know, and that's something that I've heard on like a podcast like once or twice. And then I seen Spencer, like Spencer is an animal at climbing trees. Like we went out and I mean, the dude's like a raccoon or a squirrel. <laughs> he, we went out and we were set this camera um, out there in Gratia. And uh, this dude climbed like 20 foot up in the tree and we didn't have sticks. You know, I didn't even boost him up in the tree or nothing. He just like a little squirrel boy just ran right up the tree and <laughs> throw me the camera, you know. So, the, but yeah, I learned that from him. One, if it's a cell camera, it's going to get better reception, you know. And two, how many people are looking up? Exactly. You know, and we're not setting cameras in like wide open areas. You know, like I said, we're setting them in bedding areas where it's thick and 90% of the people walking through there are looking at the ground and looking at the sign, right? Yep. So those are two great tips that I would absolutely suggest. So go to your local whatever and buy the $50, $80 cameras if you are not comfortable climbing trees, right? I would say do it anyways. I can't tell you how many, you know, 40 or $50 Primos, whatever Whoa. the heck camera, camera I've got. Um, Wild Game makes a camera cameras that are like, I don't know, anywhere from... 60 to 100 dollars yeah i think me and brandon have at least four of those and that's five, you know. what i'm running on my private land right what's going on over there this barn is haunted no <laughs> dad gum wind man uh, <laughs> i don't think it would be a generation to hunt podcast if we didn't have uh something background noise. Yeah. oh yeah <laughs> yeah we're yeah. we're in the works of a studio right now so just something like but right but this is much more i feel like listeners i know at least me i appreciate the rawness of it you know? oh yeah you know, i can't wait some, for some deer hunting camps yeah podcast that's gonna be really fun yeah so. this isn't like a staged rehearsed no yeah we bullshit. cleaned like, off a table moved it and set everything up like that, yeah. that that's how we got all everything going hey, today. We, we do have a cloth though on we that we do have yeah. a tablecloth i mean we're a little classy. A little classy. <laughs> I even asked the guys, I was like, is this too much to put a tablecloth on top of this table? <laughs> 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 so anyways, what the heck was I saying? Uh, we're on public land tactics. <sighs> yeah, right when you asked me about the cameras, what were you saying? Okay, yeah, yeah, So surrounded uh, an area with cameras. Okay, so if you don't know what bedding areas are or what they look like, go learn. If you don't know what a deer trail looks like, go learn. You know, I'm not judging you. If you want to know, go learn. And another thing, like a side note here, we're in 2021, okay? If you want to know something and you act like you can't find out, you are lazy. Yeah. It, you it, are lazy. You, you, I, I could pull my phone out right now and... 
pull up 10 YouTube videos on how to locate deer sign, deer bedding, yeah, all kinds so, of things. So the trick is, is it takes effort, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, that's it, right? I mean, Are you sure it's not Tink69 that I can just put on my boots and they'll dude, just come to me? Do, yeah, yeah. do it. And I'm going to hunt the trail that you took in. And I'm gonna <laughs> <kill the> deer. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, um, yeah. So find these main trails going to the food, going to the water, coming back to the bed. You know, if you've got ag fields in the area, walk the edge of the ag field. Follow the trails back into the woods, you know. Uh, go find the bedding. If you don't know what a deer bed looks like, like I said, go find out. If he has hair, if there's hair in the bed, probably pretty fresh you know it hasn't <laughs> blown away or got washed away by rain it's probably pretty fresh right and then you can like key in on generational rubs which are like rubs of years past you can find community scrapes that are active pretty much all year yeah you know in my experience so you can find those types of things you can put your cameras on those types of things um one thing that's different that that we do is a lot of guys like to hunt beds, like single beds. It's like a big thing and like the yep. forums and all that. Everybody's like, hunt the single beds, do this with the single beds. Bucks don't have just one bed. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth, you know? Like you're not going to go stumble upon one bed and that deer is going to come back and lay in that bed. It's just not how it works. That's right. why you have to find an exit trail or something that he's comfortable with using to get out of a yep. situation that's pressured. Because when somebody comes along and pressures that deer, yep. he's going to take that trail. He's not going to go back to his bed. So that's our that's one tactic that we use yeah, you know, I in our aggressive approach. I touched on it a little bit, you know, like a deer, yes, has like a decent sized home range, and then he's gonna have safe safe spots in within that, you know, and then he's gonna bounce around accordingly, you know, or like once he breeds the does in that area, he's gonna bump out and move on, you know, or whatever. So you you did say it's like first two weeks of bow season, you just don't really. I'm not saying you don't see, but it's not nearly the pressure that you're going to get come around Halloween time. Well, you know, with COVID and stuff, I feel like last year was really good for getting people out hunting. Honestly, like we talked to several people that we know in the hunting, like state land hunting community. And they're like, dude, there are cars everywhere, you know. So I can't say the first two weeks are going to be unpressured i'm going to say that to go and get a raw deer that isn't beat up by pressure your best chances are first two weeks of october and no, i don't think anybody can really argue with me no because they've you know? gone an entire year yeah without and every passing day he experiences more pressure throughout the year you know and like november 15th when it's a pumpkin patch out there <laughs> is obviously the peak Right. (laughs) Fortunately, I think gun season opens on a Monday this year, so that might slow some folks down. Or just give them all week to. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) They're gonna take that whole week off, and the whole then the woods is gonna be chaos. Yeah. So I'm not saying we don't use cameras throughout the whole year of hunting, like the whole hunting season. But I'm just saying I'm I'm the most confident in the first two weeks. So if you feel like you need that um, confidence boost or whatever like from a camera to go out and hunt deer to be confident in a section yeah i know i do right i won't be shy i'm gonna say i 100 percent. if i have deer on a camera i am 100 percent more confident than walking into an area i've never seen 
and sitting up and you know, hunting and just hoping. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's how it is when you go out of state. Like, I don't have cameras. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have cameras to put up, and you're just going into a section blind, yeah. hoping things work out. Right, and so that's where, um, that's, like, it ties in with what I'm saying. My most confidence is the first two weeks with the camera. Um, so we have deer. Like, you know, you get pictures of deer, like, oh, that's a good deer. Oh, that's a good deer. Yeah. Oh, that's a good deer. Oh, my God, that is a giant deer. That's what we're going after. That's what we're trying to get done, get killed those first, you know, so, precious, precious days of the season. Now, during the rut, I mean, how aggressive are you guys with your calling and scents and all those other fancy That's things? a great question, and I'm going to tell you right now, me and Brandon are, like, split 50-50 on this thing. Oh, okay. I'm like that the, sounds no, just I'm like, like us. <laughs> yeah, so. We're totally almost opposites on what we do. Right, so in the beginning of the podcast, Brandon sounded like the real hardcore head first type of guy but when it comes to calling and rattling brandon like runs he's like i am not, not on public it. land so right. what is your reasoning for brandon that? feels like it's an alarm going off telling the deer to run away that deer knows <laughs> that it, you're smacking them horns together it's like that's not a real buck <laughs> sorry right. like even with real antlers i yeah. think they're just so educated like yeah. you know but that's, here, here's another aspect of it guys is there's no ground noise if you're in a tree so there are YouTube channels where these guys are calling them in and they're on the ground and they're making a load, a buttload of noise on the ground to make it sound realistic. And they're being, they're having huge success at it. And honestly, that's something that I've never done. And I was actually kind of talking about Brandon or talking to Brandon about it. Or, uh, I don't know, probably a month ago. And I was like, man, I'd love to hunt from the ground. One, you're more maneuverable, you know, two, you're more maneuverable. Like, you can just get up. You, know, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to. Like, okay, so more uh, of our relationship dynamic here when we're hunting. Brandon is the monkey tree guy. I don't know what it is about him because he's not built to climb trees, but the dude can climb trees. So for the folks that can't see Brandon, he's not tall, and he's got T-Rex arms. <laughs> Five seven two fifty, and I can climb a tree like no other. He's just like he's natural. So, and I'm the ground guy. I'm the guy with the longer legs and longer arms, and I just throw stuff at him as he climbs up the tree. Would you be opposed? I've seen this. I've never done it before, but getting uh, like paracord or whatever on rattling horns and then sticking it at ground level and then starting hitting it together. I've never heard of that, and I've never seen that. And I think that is a very, I don't know, because it would be kind of like a more of a tinkle rather than a clash. I mean... I don't know. I don't know. Like hey, I said, I never tried it like that. I've heard of it. Yeah. It, but that's, I, that's like a I'm great thinking, thing to bring up. I mean, like, get your get your tree stand, get Brandon's tree stand, and get Zach's on the ground noise. So I mean, I'm just trying to work with you guys. Oh, 100. percent And I'm not trying to like oh, yeah. make it sound like it's a bad idea or anything. Nothing like that. It's just like I've never heard of that, and I've never considered it. The and most I'll use is a ground call, right. like or a doe bleat. I won't rattle horns and stuff like that in a tree. Like it's it's just not. So I'll say in Michigan, I don't waste my time rattling. I've tried it a bunch. I've never had luck. I'll yeah. grunt like crazy. I'll be honest. I'm pretty aggressive on a grunt call, yeah. especially if I see a deer. When I go to Kansas, though, because of the feedback I've gotten from other people that have hunted there, and I'm hunting public ground, like I I plan on rattling pretty aggressively and seeing how it works. So do you guys think that maybe your tactic? tactics would be 
slightly different in different states? Like when you go to Indiana, are you going to be a little bit more aggressive with calling and stuff like that? Or So it's tough because when you travel, at least for us, like we're working class guys. We don't have endless, we don't have blank checks that we can write out to travel. We don't have blank timesheets that we can just take off from work and stuff like that. So it's tough. It's tough because you've got X amount of time and you don't want to spend your X amount of time being reckless, right? So that's my opinion. But that, and that's when Brandon would be like, oh, yeah, we're going to try it. We're going down. We're going to try it, you know? Like, With hunting tactics, yes. If we're going <laughs> to get a chance at a buck, we're going to be aggressive. We're going to push that deer. Our whole strategy is pretty much a bump and a dump. Yep. That's how we've – that buck that I killed, yep. we bumped it out of its bed when we pulled the cameras. That's how I, and we I, and found it, the exit we, trail. We've seen where the exit trail went, and we came back in the next night and got on it. Right. And so then with his buck, bumped it out. The next morning, my man put it down. Like it's it, the, our tactic is about being aggressive in the right way. Just hang and bang. Being yeah. aggressive is not sitting in a tree, smacking some horns together, and blowing <laughs> a grunt blindly, trying to hope a deer comes along. Like, what was that? Well, no. And right. like, when I was kind of like learning, getting into it, I seen a lot of people doing that, and like, I always see deer go like, oh, he didn't hear me, and then all of a sudden, like, he's going on, he's going to go down yep. or go upwind, yep. and then then and blow you out, and that's why I'm really against calling, because they're just going to go, most time, they're going to go down. They know where that call, they live in that woods. Right, they right. know exactly what tree or where that noise came from. He's going to go downwind, visually check it, and then now he's using his nose even twice as hard, right. just trying to confirm what he just heard, yeah, and, that's, and that's why I'm against it, too. That's where you hear people... Um, well, I don't know. That's where I've heard more experienced folks say, don't blindly do it. You know, like if you can see a deer and he is 100% upwind of you, right? Not downwind and there's slim chance. Like he has to go from the opening that he's in, into the woods, loop around you to get downwind of you. That's, I feel like that is the circumstance. Where you I'll be call. honest. I blind call all the time. Yeah, and a lot of people do, and they have great luck at so it. So that Ohio buck, I literally just did a long, just like almost like chasing, like just real short, a bunch, I mean like 20 real short grunts, and okay. two minutes later, boom, he was at 30 yards. See, that's awesome. the thing about hunting that's so amazing. There is no golden ticket. Exactly. You do plus A, you do plus B, you equal success there is none there's right. so many variables and there's right. so many outside factors that's just and all you, that you never know what that deer has experienced before what is happening with you in that moment yeah you, you don't know? know what he's you know he's he could have ran into somebody that was rattling his horns and he looked up <laughs> in the tree and that guy's just smacking away yeah. and he's like well yeah so he went to coming to that again he went to hunter yeah. rattling 101 class and learned that you do not blindly run at people or Run it. sounds like horn <laughs> yeah. like, so he wrote put that in his little bag of tricks and he won't ever do that again and i think know? my i guess the with calling again i'm hunting less pressured deer so they're pressured but they're it's nowhere near i think kind of probably what you guys are getting yeah so i guess the deer i'm hunting aren't nearly as on edge right like i don't it, it is rare that i have a deer ever just walk in and like, cause you can, you can, when a deer walks in, you can see if it's, if it's, it's on body edge. language. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's, it's just, even with a call, I mean, mo I'll have deer come in and just, just to check it out, you know, but. And that's awesome. You know, and I that's, think that's your experience. And so if it works for you, do it. And that, 
goes for everybody. Like if you are doing something and it's working for you, don't change it. It's working. You know? Yeah. But I, I do see everyone else's point on this. Like a big buck, there's a good chance you might educate that deer, yep. public or private. Absolutely. You're taking because he's either downwind when he hears it or he circles downwind. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I don't know if I'll ever really change it just because I've had so much success. Um, but yeah, I definitely understand the risks and why it's it, it's not always the best idea in the world. I think there's a time and a place that both tactics are effective. And yeah, I don't I don't know if blindly doing it for us is the way to go because I would be if I was on public land, I, I would I would guarantee I'd be a lot more cautious for that reason and the other reason uh getting another hunter walking to me you know i mean i've seen it with turkey hunting i've hunted on public land um <laughs> calling it another hunter. yeah you know you're calling it another hunter so i imagine it's the same so the last thing i'm trying to do is call someone to me right right so no on public land um i i don't know if i would be i don't know if i would even take the call out unless i seen a deer I, I don't know that's, if it would be a good my idea. Approach with it. I, I have to have eyes on that deer so I can watch try to, try to yeah, play off its reactions, you know. Like yeah. there's gotta be some sort of give and take with it. You can't just keep hitting it and hitting it and hoping that deer's just gonna keep coming and looking at you because you're gonna hit it and he's gonna be looking at you and it's like, Okay, well, see ya. Yeah. Right. You know, there's there's yeah a and, time and a place for everything. Yeah, and then go further into the time and the place, there is an appropriate time of year to do it. Like if you're out there October first blowing grunt calls and rattling horns, like you're so far from helping yourself, in my opinion. Yeah, like, you're sure. that I mean, so you can definitely get away with like a little grunt here, a little grunt there early season. Deer are vocal year round. It's just a matter of how aggressive like because yes. there is a uh the hunting public actually comes to Michigan early season and the dude calls in two giants on public land well that might be something i'm i'm messing up you know what well I'm <laughs> but they're like they're not overly aggressive right they he literally just you know hits a grunt here and then like another almost like a contact grunt like oh hey i'm a, i'm over here um and uh you know come check it out kind of thing but like <laughs> if you're uh if you're doing the the rut you're going to be a lot more aggressive. Like, I'm never going to oh, just sure. go out October 1st and <laughs> just smashing horns. antlers together and just going, meh, 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 meh. Right. Like, I promise you're going to blow every deer in the county away. <laughs> you start, yeah. start doing that for sure. So Yeah, I mean, I try to save, like, the the calling and stuff like that for, like, the first week in November. Yeah, I don't generally take anything out early season. I would say that last week of October, last weekend of October, I'll be – I'll start pulling them out, you know, and start hitting them at deer. Um, I have, like, early season just taking it with me, and then if I've seen a deer, I love messing with little bucks on private land. So if I see them, you yeah, know, you, just – You're not afraid to educate that deer, though? No, I'll be honest, a year and a half year old buck is is not the 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 brightest animal, and on private land, I mean, I, that's I don't why know. so many of them get killed out. There. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, that's why it's so rare to see an eight pointer. Uh, it's hundred twenty it, inch deer. I just yeah, I'll just throw like you know when they're away, when you know, let them get out of sight and then hit it, see if he'll come back, right? Yeah. You know, um, and I've learned a lot just on how 
to, to read a deer or, you know, how they might react just by doing that one thing. Right. Um, now, yeah, it, there's certain days. I mean, there, there's just so many different ways you can go about that specific strategy. And if I was on, again, if I'm hunting public land, do I, do I do that? Probably not. Because at some point, like, I'm probably just teaching that deer, like, hey, every time that grunt call goes off, I just walk to that dude sitting in the tree kind of thing, you know? Yeah, but the, here's the thing, too, guys. It's like, you never know. Don't ever, this is, I think, this is the main key, is uh, don't ever handcuff yourself to doing something or to not to doing something. You know, you got to you gotta play your scenarios out. You got to feel your situation. And, you know, if you're bored, you've been out there for hours, bump the grunt call. Yeah. <laughs> and see what happens. <laughs> That's the only way you're going to learn. Yeah. You know? And so I, I feel like I tread very lightly when I say do this or do that or don't do this or don't do that because I'm talking solely from my experiences. <laughs> like you right. just shared. I mean, you just proved that whole point, you know, like oh, well, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm a grunter for sure. I'm a grunt. I'm going to grunt. And that's kind of our goal is to just get as many people on here to share their different experiences. So that way people yeah. listening can just like, OK, well, I'll go try that and see if it works. And it may work for you. It may not. And then you can listen to another one and, oh, well, let's go try that. You know, that's right. really the main goal, Get it, you know, to get as many people on here because. Joe and I can only share our hunting, so many of our hunting experiences before you guys. Mostly like, failures, <laughs> you know? mostly failures, but that's what, you know, like you guys and everybody, like, like anybody you, that hunts, dude. Yeah. Anybody, <laughs> everybody has their failures. So we're trying to eliminate other people's failures because, you know, frustration leads into like not enjoying it as yeah, much and no longer interested. And yeah. And that's what we're trying to do. We're just trying to eliminate that. So we just tell other buddies like but we, like i say again too on a lot of them like don't take our words for stone you know don't write it in stone you know every every deer is different i mean you like black like uh black licorice no but some people do like it sure i don't them are crazy people but you know i mean <laughs> every deer is different you know what i mean <laughs> you know what i mean every deer is different you know some will respond some will not some will only eat acorns some will only even touch them you know and it I mean? might even just be the day i mean yeah it, right some days the deer might not be interested at all of your um of your grunt call or rattle or anything like that but the next day he could be fired up and just come running in you yeah. know it's just there's so many variables when it comes to hunting and yeah, I think if you just took one person's word and just ran with it, you're going to find yourself frustrated more often than not. That's what I've, I've found with different states and different areas. Everything's different. You know, like if you go to, I've been to Wisconsin, Ohio, and Michigan, obviously. So, and everywhere I've went has been a totally different ball game. Like Ohio, we're in the mountains, and you could see a deer that hasn't seen pressure in months because it's such crazy terrain. And you can go to Wisconsin, and you can see a deer that has been pressured pretty heavily, you know, just like here, or, you know, vice versa. And everything's different everywhere you go. Like, there's always an, a tactic for everywhere you go. Like, in Ohio, like, when you grounded that buck in, that deer might not have had pressure yet at that point, you know? Like <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a difference 
in different places. You know, there's a there's a way to go about it in different places. And I think there's a, a like I said, there's a point that you can use all those tactics in the right place at the right time. Yeah, I mean, I think we've touched on it a couple times. Uh, Zach's touched on it. You've touched on it. We've talked about it in previous podcasts. At the end of the day, the the, the absolute best advice I think anyone could give someone starting out in hunting is just try it, right? Worst case scenario, it does, doesn't work, you know? Um, what's, what's he got going on back over there? We're going to have to figure that out when he comes back. <laughs> Door not, not wanting to close. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I think just just trying it. If, if you don't try it, you're never going to know and you're right. never going to learn. That's the, the whole public land thing. You can't ever get discouraged because it's always evolving every day. You know, there's there's always another deer over the hill you know like it's there's never a point that you should get discouraged always give yourself an opportunity at least keep pushing keep learning and never get discouraged is what i would say right so i think uh we'll probably wrap up this episode but before we do um why don't you guys share some of your public land prowlers where we can find you uh and um kind of different things um you obviously you talked about your out of state but the main thing where can we find you and then we'll link everything when we post the video we are in the process of making a facebook so i'm hoping within a couple days of this airing which i believe will be friday um we'll be able to put it on facebook and link all your guys' stuff so yeah so you can find us on facebook you can find us on youtube also, we got some stuff in the works with uh, Carbon TV and My Outdoor TV, both. Um, so, yeah, we're uh, super excited to get this season rolling. So, My Outdoor TV, Carbon TV, how do I go about finding those to watch your guys' content? <coughs> Is it going to be under Public Land Prowlers, or what might it be under? Well, uh, Carbon TV, that's – I'm not – entirely sure how that's going to end up playing out but for my outdoor tv we're underneath of uh, expedition expedition yep all right um so if you search expedition um they expedition is a great company and they help promote their teams and stuff like that and it's not like a um me 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 type of company uh they're all about helping and promoting and then truly just growing the hunting community you know so um i feel like public land prowlers that's our goal you know and so we mesh great with expedition so anyways um my outdoor tv underneath the uh expedition slot you can find our episodes you know and we'll definitely start dropping some episodes here yeah real uh, quick youtube and facebook also is a big big thing for us with our personal content that gets yeah. released frequently facebook we're on it quite a bit and youtube we have episodes airing pretty quick we'll have a couple episodes dropping within the next couple of weeks yeah and then hopefully whatever deer we get on the ground next week so yeah right you know and also like the youtube stuff that's a little less formatted I would say it's a little more raw. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a lot of blue collar stuff. We yeah, like it's to, it's a looser edit. It's the best yeah. way to say it, I think. Um, so I mean, I've watched some of their stuff on YouTube. Um, I'll tell you, go check it out. The hunt they described earlier was on YouTube. Spencer has a hunt with his dad that is mm. a top notch hunt. I mean, I don't know. I 
hopefully we can meet up with Spencer yeah, sometime. Yeah, I definitely so want to get him on. he can uh, kind of share that story. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure he would absolutely. I promise, that. go check them out on Facebook. Check them out on YouTube. You're not going to be disappointed. Guys, I appreciate you taking your time to uh, to come talk with us. And uh, we look forward to hopefully reconnecting either at the end of the season, maybe just a little recap of how your season's going in the middle season. I don't know. We'll figure something out. Yeah, I'm sure we can link up, man, for yeah. sure. So I, I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no thanks problem. for having us.